Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, welcome back to the Ollie Skelton Show that everybody rates. Um, the acronym for that is Tosser. You are listening to the Tosser Podcast. Thank you for coming along on the journey. How is your New Year's going? How's your New Year's resolutions going? Bad, I'm going to assume. Um, I don't know the statistics of somebody fulfilling a New Year's resolution, but I can't imagine it being high. Um, what the hell am I talking about? I don't even know. I'm just trying to kind of dance around the fact that, look, we had a little bit of criticism on um, the Tosser podcast last week with the episode that we did with Al Perkins. Al Perkins, um, obviously, in the public eye recently, I think I saw, I, I was I was looking at the articles and, I, and I'm pretty sure I saw one just in Spanish. So how that man has managed to transcend into international waters is beyond me. Um, but look, He's had a lot of criticism. We've had a lot of criticism, most notably from Megan from So Dramatic. So Dramatic, obviously a gossip, gossip influencer, reality television, news website, I suppose. She also does a podcast. And I will say this. I do think, I think the podcast is a good thing because it holds us Z-listers, E-listers, whatever you want to call us, um, accountable. And um, there was a little bit of criticism Regarding Al and his apology not being sincere. Al appeared on Ollie's Tosser podcast where he addressed the Quokka incident. It came after he was fined by the WA government and told he needed to publicly apologise for his actions. The episode was titled Maths Al Perkins Apologises for Quokka Incident. Now, when I saw this, I actually thought, wow, amazing. He's finally taking accountability for something and apologising for his behaviour. However... When I listened to the episode, I was very disappointed because his apology was not sincere. It was a literal piss take, further making light of the situation. And because Ollie is a WA resident, I really thought that he would have a different take on the situation, which is also very disappointing to see. No, I, I have the take I have is that it's look, it's not good him touching the quokka. I do think that. But I mean, the criticism about us laughing, I gotta say this. If my friend, if my friend gets fined $1,000 and there's Instagram comments left, right and centre holding him accountable, I got news for you. That's kind of funny. And actually, I'm pretty sure, Megan, you found it a little bit funny. He posted a photo of the sign and then did exactly as the sign told him not to. However, you know, this, uh, this I didn't like. Laughing at killing quokkas, then following it with an apology, inverted commas, is just such, as Carla from Bankstown would say, gronk behaviour. So animal cruelty is now hilarious. No, 
We're not laughing at bloody quackers dying. No quacker was killed. It's bloody hyperbole. Hyperbole. A joke. Because it's exaggerated. He didn't actually do that. If he did do that, then we're not going to be laughing at it, are we? That in itself, the fact that I'm defending that there, that is funny. Speaking of funny, something I did find funny. Quokkas are a vulnerable species and they're close to being endangered. 99% of their population are only found on Rottnest Island. 99% of their population is only found on Rottnest Island. When I heard that after my podcast, I was like, I got that right? And they are like 99% of their population is on this tiny little island. It was just a guesstimation on my part. It's like 80%. And I just like, I love the way that Megan's saying that right there. 99% of their population are only found on Rottnest Island. It's like very news reporter, but I am the source. So that was funny too. Um, and then I, and then we had a quote. According to Rottnest Island's official website, touching quokkas is strictly off limits to visitors as it can make them sick, spread disease, and even cause mothers to abandon their young if they carry an unfamiliar scent. Fair, fair. Do not touch the quokkas. Al, you shouldn't have bloody touched the quackers. And you've been fined. Ha, ha. Okay? That is funny. She goes on and she gets an environmental scientist um, to quote. Now, one person slid into my DMs regarding this saying, Kia Ora Megan, environmental scientist here. Al Perkins' behaviour is a criminal offence. As a public figure, he should be promoting the right behaviours around protected species. Touching quokkas can make them sick, spread disease, and even cause mothers to abandon their young if they carry an unfamiliar... Wait a second, wait a second. That sounded... Now, that sounded familiar. Spread Spread disease and and even even cause mothers to abandon their young if they they carry carry an unfamiliar scent. So she's quoting the Rottnest Island site as well, the same quote that you used. So what bloody good is she forward slash he? Um, but look, is it being blown out of proportion? I don't know. Where is the truth? And I thought, look, we can get environmental scientists on. We can go on the Rottnest website or we can go one better because it was a stupid thing that he did. So let's talk about the severity of his actions. I think that's fair. So, with that being said, I've been fortunate to have conservation ecologist Matt Haywood. Now, Matt Haywood has a PhD in conservation specialising in the ecology of vulnerable quokkas at the University of New South Wales. He has published over 60 scientific articles, several general readership articles, and edited two books. He is currently a professor of conservation science at the University of Newcastle. Matt, how are you today? Good morning, yourself. Now, Matt, I had a guest on the show last week, Al Perkins. He patted a quokka and was subsequently fined $1,000 and asked to issue a public apology from the West Australian government. What are the dangers surrounding an action like this? <laughs> well, I reckon Al was more in danger than the quokka if he was only patting it. Um, the quokkas have got a whole range of different salmonella diseases from their feces that they've introduced into people, and so uh, Al could have got quite sick from patting the quokka. Right, right. So salmonella amongst quokkas, is that a thing? Yeah, they discovered kind of seven new species um, hanging out at Rottnest Island uh, around the Thompson Bay area. Um, the quokkas used to, back in the old days, used to get into the, the accommodation there and go through your food and, and defecate every now and again. And, um, yeah, in the feces, there were seven new species of salmonella that hadn't been uh, described before. So, Oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> fascinating. Okay, so in saying that, what are some of the biggest risks a quokka will face in its lifetime? 
yeah, paddy people isn't one of the major risks for quokkas. Um, they're listed as vulnerable to extinction, so you know, there's a pretty high chance that they could go extinct in the next 50 years or so. Uh, the major problems for quokkas are foxes and cats. So foxes came through the southwest of WA in the 1930s, um, and almost immediately there was reports of big numbers of quokkas being found dead um, in the swamps where they hang out on the mainland. Right. And, um, and yeah, and foxes just smash them, really. Um, so the Australian government has done a whole heap of you know, Western Shield and things like that where they can put out fox baits and trying to um, reduce the populations of foxes as much as they can. And that's kind of given a lot of species, particularly the critical weight range mammals, a, a fair bit of a, a um, kind of lifeline. Right. Uh, and quokkas are one of those species that have kind of benefited from that. But, um, yeah, if anywhere where there's kind of foxes around at high density, the quokkas will struggle. Right. So where would you... So fire regimes. So fire regimes are kind of associated with that. Yep. Um, historically, the Aboriginal people, the Noongar people, they used to hunt the quokkas. So they'd light up one side of the swamp. Uh, when the quokkas ran out, they'd spear them on the way out. Right. Um, and they'd kind of burn that area, or the Jarrah Forest, about every five years, and the swamps would probably go every eight to 12 years because they're a bit wetter. Um, and, and quokkas evolved to kind of reach their peak population densities at that fire um, kind of duration intensity um and so you know when when europeans took over the management of the land they in, initiated this kind of fire exclusion so having no fires for a long period of time then the, the dwelling out fire came through and um kind of they learned that they need to replicate the aboriginal burning regimes and so they're now trying to replicate that much more and that kind of really suits the quokka and so when a fire goes through there's no protection from foxes right. and so it's kind of about um or maybe oh, three weeks before there's a bit of vegetation, the quokka will get a bit of protection from it. Yeah. And then kind of they reach their peak numbers after about 12 years after a fire, which you know, reflects the, the historical burning regimes there. Um, but by about 20 years, it's, it's the swamps dominated by three or four different species and they're really open. And so once again, foxes and cats can get into the swamps and, and kill the quokkas much more easily. Mm. So, um, we, yeah, now that the conservation managers over there are, are managing the land according to the Aboriginal burning regimes, there's much greater, um, you know, benefits from habitat for the quokka than um, previously. So where would you place petting a quokka um, in terms of uh, a risk for it in its lifetime? I'm not sure it's listed as one of these threatening processes. Um, <laughs> so I don't think it's probably one of the higher ones. <laughs> right. Would you consider it animal cruelty? Oh, I think those, the quokkas on, on Rotto are, are pretty tame and have interacted with people for a long period of time. So, um, no, I wouldn't say it's animal cruelty. The animal can, you know, as long as they, you know, I haven't seen the, intera the interaction, so I don't know how hard the pat was or sure. anything like that. But as long as the, um, you know, <laughs> the quokka can flee at any time. Right. So I probably wouldn't say it uh, would be animal cruelty, no. So what should we as humans do to help with the protection of the quokka um, for future generations? Oh, I think support your local conservation agency, try to, you know, uh, get into land care or re restoring vegetation as much as you can. But um, I think the biggest thing we can do is to, to vote for political parties that support the environment. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, at the moment we're kind of got a lot of people rejecting the idea that biodiversity is important or the climate's going to change. But, you know, scientists have known for a long time how critical both of those features are. And if we don't look after them, future generations are just going to live in a really trashed environment and world. And, and you know, it's going to be disappointing for them. We, we've got this thing called intergenerational equity where we kind of assume that one genera the next generation will live a, an equal or better life than we've lived. But for the first time in, you know, 
10,000 years, we're going to deliver a world that's hotter, less hospitable for people to live in and with less biodiversity. So people, you know, our future kids and things won't be able to see the amazing wildlife that we've seen. So I reckon we've got to really look after it and, and deliver a, a better deal for them in the future. That's incredibly sad. And I hope that is not the case. So is the quokka, is it endangered or is it vulnerable? Oh, well, on the IUCN list, um, which is the kind of international list, it's uh, vulnerable. But uh, and I think it's still vulnerable on the on Australian Commonwealth Endangered Species Protection Biodiversity Conservation Act. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's vulnerable. Sure. Which is, I mean, they're both threatened categories. It's mm-hmm. just whether it goes extinct in 50 years or 20 years is probably the distinction between those two. Right. And why do they look like that when they're smiling? And why do they look like they're smiling when you take a selfie with it? <laughs> I got a phone call after Roger Federer posted his um, his uh, selfie with the quokka. Yeah, I don't know. But they, they certainly, when I was trapping, they they never seemed so friendly to me. Right. They were they were always trying to escape me and bite me and scratch me. So um, yeah, I think, I think it's a grim and a smile. <laughs> True. And lastly, is it pretty funny that he was fined one thousand dollars and he's had to issue a public apology? <laughs> I think um, you know as as. People who have a platform have a responsibility to, um, you know, do good things, I reckon. And, you know, I guess if he had a platform, he, he has that great opportunity to have a voice and tell the general public, you know, good messages. And so I reckon it's not a bad thing that he's uh, raised the awareness of quokkas and, you know, hopefully your audience too can see how important quokkas are. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks, Ollie. Good to talk to you. Incredibly informative from Matt there. And um, I think that's going to be for the betterment of all of us in terms of, um, yeah, what we can do to be better. Uh, what are the real risks facing the quokka? And <laughs> does Al have salmonella poisoning? These are all the questions and answers that we get here on the Tosser podcast. Here's my take. Al gets penalised, fined $1,000 from the Australian government. That is funny. That is retribution. And I stand by that. I'd laugh again. That's the Tosser Podcast. Journalism, baby. XOXO. I'm going nuts with the press today. I'm going bloody nuts. Um, I did want to talk about this one thing, right? I did want to talk about this. So, the Daily Mail. They're after me. They're after me, the Daily Mail. It's the day after Tani and I announced, emphasis, emphasis on the word, announced our breakup. You know, there's this White Fox event. White Fox event. I didn't want to go to the event. I was feeling it. I'm in the fields. I'm a little bit sad. Um, now, there's this journalist from the Daily Mail, Ali. You know, he takes the photos and he writes the stories of the maps people. This is what it's like being Z-list. They not only take the photos, but they write the articles as well. Here's another thing. If you ever see one of these people, somebody in this reality TV fraternity, after their show has aired, a random article comes up about them, they have called the press to take the photos of them. If they're looking good, if they're on the beach, yada, yada, yada. They've called the press. Okay? Let it be known. Um, 90% of the time anyway. However, there is times when they don't and they ambush you, sneak attack, and you're like, what? I thought this was done. So, yeah, anyway, Al, uh, so Ali, he's like, oh, you you want you got to go to this event. you got to go to this event. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to go. I was like, okay, uh, look, I will go, but Ali, I don't want there to be some bloody article the next day. No heartbreak here. Ollie's seen partying on a boat. Um, 
and he's like, no, I'm not bringing the camera. It's going to be fine. Da, da, I'm not I'm, I'm not taking photos. They're going to provide me with photos or not. I'm like, okay, tickety-boo. Hell yeah, I'll come. I'll take my friend Al, who at the time didn't have salmonella. God knows what his life is like now. <laughs> I can't get over that. <laughs> oh, journalism. Um, so anyway... I go to this event. It's a great night. It's a great night. We're having fun. Addicted to your rush. and um, So I get off the boat. I've had a great time. And I got my friend, 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 Phoebe Spiller from Love Island, who is dating a very good friend of mine in this town of New South Wales, Mitch Elliott. Went out of nowhere. Look, go have a look at the article for yourself. I'm stunned. I'm absolutely shocked. They only got photos of me, and then he ran off into the night. And I'm like, okay, well, that definitely wasn't Ali. But how would this person know I was on the boat? So I'm like, hmm, well, that was weird. But just, I'm just too negligent. I'm too like, oh, whatever. And then what happens two days later, you ask? Boom. No heartbreak here. Ollie's seen partying with heaps of girls. And there's this one photo, which if you see my social media, it, they make it look like I'm, I'm, grabbing, I'm grabbing a person. I'm not at all. It's the framing of the photo, but I bet he got that one. He was like, that's the moneymaker. But then I'm like, okay, who, was, who would have been the only person that would have known that I was going to this event, apart from Mr. Salmonella? It's got to be Ali. So I thought, you know what we're going to do here? You know what we're going to do? I, I think I'm going to call Ali. And I'm going to quiz him on it. Because the other thing is, right, these, he, he writes, I, I, I am under the impression that he writes these, art, these articles under pseudonyms so that he can, be, you know, be friends with you. And he can say, well, no, I didn't write that article. So these, are some of the, uh, these are some of the names of these people. Matt DeMarco. You want to tell me who that sounds like? Canadian folk singer, Mac DeMarco? I swear he's just seen it one time. Well, it was Matt DeMarco. Jimmy Briggs? Now, allegedly, this is a real person. Tell me that doesn't sound like that bloody alcohol delivery person from around Sydney. Jimmy Briggs. For those not in the loop. It's like, I don't know. He's, he's delivering booze everywhere. Jordan Peterson? Who's that sound like? I don't even want to say his name because, you know, in the political climate that we're in currently. But what does that sound like? Um, but, yeah, no, I was set up like bloody Adam Sandler and Mr. D. Did you ever seen that one where he tried? Where he's like, <laughs> where he's like rescuing the lady from um, a burning... <laughs> A burning building, and they air the footage on the movie, like the movie in the movie Meta, and he's sending her back in. They rewind it. Um, that's what it felt like. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to call him. We're going to set the record straight. Is that crazy? Are we crazy? Are we a bit crazy? You do it. I don't. I don't want to do it. I'm scared. Oh, I've actually. <laughs> I changed his name to Judas. This um. This journalist, forward slash paparazzi. Hello. Ali. Hello. It's Ollie. You're on the Tosser podcast. Can we speak? Yes. Okay. I want I want to set the record straight, baby. Sure. Okay. So, just tell the story how we 
we're on the white fox thing. You said, Ollie, don't worry. There's not going to be any photos. And then when we left the boat, I got hit by a friend that freelances for you when you're not around. And I want to know, did you set it up? No, he was there for Tammy Hembrough and you already explained that. Who did I explain that to? I explained it to you that um, he was there for Tammy Hembrow. Okay. And he's got a video of her attacking him on his TikTok page. <laughs> so you deny, you deny any knowledge, any tip off. Yes. And remember, like, I spoke to you that next day afterwards. Yeah. And, like, you should have mentioned, hey, by the way, I got photographed. Was there a pap? You set that up, but you did not mention it. Because you know why? I thought nothing of it until the article came out. I was just like, I f- completely forgot about it. Yeah, so like that's what I mean. Is the, your, our whole thing was there was not supposed to be any photographers at the event. That's why I was like, come along. And then there was a photographer there, so Tammy was posting all night. Okay, I got, I got. So is Matt Demarco? Is that a pseudonym? Who? Matt Demarco. He writes. He writes a story sometimes. Um, yeah, he's a reporter, but he's from um, Melbourne, so I've never physically met the person. Okay, Jimmy Briggs, he's a real guy? Yes. And Jordan Patterson is a real guy? Um, he doesn't work in showbiz. All right. Okay. It, it, it would say, like, Daily Mail reporter if um, we didn't want to put our names on the story. If right. We didn't have a fake name. We can't use fake names. Right. But... Um, we're not allowed to use Daily Mail Reporter anymore because it doesn't rate well on Facebook or some new, uh, some algorithm. Right. Well, yeah. look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have to believe you, okay? Um, sure. And well, I didn't, like, if I was gonna do a story or was planning to do a story, I would have written it myself. Okay. But I'm not gonna do that to you. Okay. Well, no, no, that that wasn't even a story. Like, I think we look silly because we're not even we're identifying, the, like, not even identifying the person and calling her a mystery girl. I know Phoebe. I know who she's buddy in a relationship with. Like, right. The person that wrote the story obviously didn't take the time and day to go see the story the Daily Mail wrote, like two stories earlier that had photos of Phoebe there. Like, but doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it help the story if people are watching this and they say, oh, oh, he's just with a mystery girl, just in case they don't know it? Because we look stupid. Right. We we should be like, that's the reporters was probably in a hurry and got the story up. Got that right. Yeah. So, I mean, the photos were funny. (laughs) uh, Like, for a second, I thought you were broke. Dude, the boob grabbing one. (laughs) I, I don't know. I quickly glimpsed it at first. I was just like, what the hell's going on? It, and, uh, I f- look, I feel like it was a coup d'etat. Yes. Uh, um, you can, that's what I said. I'm like, I, and I said this to you day one. Is you have a problem with the story to come out and speak to me. Don't be angry over a story that, yeah. Well, I got my mum saying, hey, Ollie, why are you grabbing boobies? That's a good question. <laughs> Well, look, Ali, um, irregardless of the fact, I appreciate you coming on. Sure. Well, there you have it. Uh, I don't know. You guys tell me. Did, 
Tell me what you reckon. I'd like to know in the Q&A box on Spotify. Tell me if... Do I trust him? Do I trust him? Do you trust journalists? Do you trust paps? These are the questions you got to ask yourself. So, I don't know. Look, it's it's Oli versus the press this week. Um, but let's crack on. I wanted to finish the show with, you know... We've been um, we've been defending. We've been we've been going up against the press today. Does this mean we're the press now? Are we part of the press? Is this tossing news? Um, but I thought you know what? Let's finish it off. Let's finish it off. Um, I put up a question. I asked for a couple of confessions. Asked for a couple of confessions from you guys. So I want to read some of them out to finish it off. Okay, number one. Once when I was seeing a guy I was in love with, I was also kind of dating on the side. In my defense, he was hooking up with pe- people, which is why I was. Anyway, I went and hooked up with one of my side peoples one night, and then as I left at his house, then as I left his house at like 11 p.m., the OG guy I was seeing messaged me to see me. So I literally went from one guy's house to the next. I hope that wasn't me. <laughs> That is some, uh, that is, uh, what's the word? That is a free spirit, as they call them. But you know what? If he was doing it too, then then that doesn't seem like a relationship that you should be both going down. Is this is what you are starting off with? I don't know. I'm not about it. But hey, do you think, sis? Okay, what else we got? Lost my virginity to my sister's crush. Hmm. That sucks. Do you ever think about this, right? I do think about this. What are all the secrets that people with have withheld from you to, to not hurt you, you know? I got a friend at the moment, actually. Really liked a girl, and then one of his best friends has been secretly doing the business with this girl on the side, and they have both decided not to tell him, but somebody did tell him. And like that, that right there has ruined the trust of a friendship, has it not? Can you come back from that? I don't think you can because it's not just doing it. It's when you deliberately hide it. There is malicious intent, malicious intent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Like the secrets that we imagine if you knew all the secrets of what people have done behind your back. God. Can you blame a person for having trust issues? That's that's the other question. Are we walking around ignorantly expecting that our life is great when it isn't? These are the questions on the Tossa podcast. <laughs> this one's just come in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hated my ex-partner towards the end of our relationship. I used to love hiding things, switching things around to think he was going to make him think he was going mad. It worked and I bloody loved every moment doing it. Psychotic. Psychotic. And look, maybe that's a harsh word to throw around. You know, people can throw around a lot of words. Gaslighter, ageist. You're a psycho. Unfollow me please. Okay, we got another one. We got another one. Fresh, fresh in. Have too much of a crush on you. Blah, blah, blah. What am I, year 11, Ask FM? Come on. Have too much. That's whack. Mid, be better. 
But that's going to wrap us up today on the Tosser Podcast. What an episode. What an episode, right? Dude, maybe this is the new season. The stick season. And I love mine and it's the season of the sticks and I... Look, guys, let me know what you thought of that episode. It's a different era. I really love when people answer in the Q&A, so if you've got time for that, please do it. Uh, new era of the Tosser podcast coming into you for you hot. And um, we are going to be doing recaps, weekly recaps of maths because I'm trying to squeeze every bit of the relevancy that I can. You're listening to the t- <laughs> funny jokes, jokes, hyperbole. It's a thing. It's a thing. And it's okay. It's okay. Al has salmonella. We're going to sign this off with Al, get help. You may have salmonella. You've been listening to the Ollie Skelton show that everybody rates. It's been great to have your company and I'm wishing you all the best. I'll see you later. God bless. Gotcha. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.